Chapter 15 The Weight of Knowing Kiana tried to concentrate on Somont's economic development after becoming the central seat of the Union and the elected Esquire, but her gaze slipped upwards after every other line. The training room itself was bare and uninteresting. A circular space with a single round window at one end. It was what was happening in it that threatened to halt Kiana's work before she'd even begun. At the centre of the room, Griffin and Tannis stood paces apart, their eyes closed as he muttered something Kiana couldn't hear. Harder to ignore than her sister's struggle to use magic were the twins. The two of them sparred at the back end of the room, both clad in training gear that left their arms bare and accentuated every line of their leaf figures. With each kick, punch or gusting breath, Kiana looked their way, blushed, then forced herself to stare at the pages of the book she held. Stare, not read. If Kiana had ever doubted her attraction to girls, those doubts had been irrevocably quashed. She still hadn't decided whether she was happy to be here. When Tannis had burst into her room that morning, she'd feared she was about to be dragged off the estate altogether. When Tannis demanded she come to watch the training, she'd fought an internal battle. Of course, she wanted to see magic, but she also wanted to work for Lord Ollinger. Unable to explain that to Tannis without spilling her new secret long before she was ready, Kiana relented. In truth, it had been nice to have the help walking the short distance. Her efforts the day before had left her knee more swollen than ever and her entire body was painfully stiff. Upon reaching the training room, Tannis had demanded Griffin let Kiana stay even when he argued it wouldn't be comfortable for her. She then demanded the twins fetch Kiana a chair and all the books she needed. All three acquiesced before Tannis's clenched fists and forceful glare. Like always, she'd gotten her way. Not that you'd know it by looking at her. You're wasting my time, Tannis spat, eyes snapping open. She folded her arms, pursed her lips, and Griffin sighed heavily as he mirrored her pose. Kiana winced, feeling for his plight. As Griffin's exasperated voice encouraged Tannis to keep searching for the feeling inside her, Kiana attempted to read page 35 for what felt like the hundredth time but a flash of movement caught her eye. Her head jerked up as Timothy launched a spinning kick towards her twin. She moved so quickly, and with such force, Kiana gasped before she could stop herself. Nemitra glanced her way, distracted, and that was all it took for Timothy's strike to land. At least she pulled the kick at the last moment, it ending up more of a tap than a real blow. Straightening, she flashed a satisfied smile Kiana's way and winked. I win. Nemitra scowled, eye brushing Kiana's for a breath before they turned their back. Unable to look at either of them, Kiana pulled the book up to her face and sank back into her chair. She wished she didn't blush so easily. 
Again, she tried to concentrate. Whatever Tannis was doing right now certainly wasn't magic, and if she kept staring at the twins, she'd only embarrass herself further. The problem was, when Lord Ollinger had asked her to read for him, she hadn't expected it to be so boring. Last night, she'd peeked at one of the books Lady Aitana had given her. That contents page included a chapter all about the Huntress, and another titled The Windwalker's Vengeance. It had taken all her willpower to put it aside in favour of a good night's sleep and doing her duty today. But she'd brought it along, and now her eyes drifted to the unassuming tome sat atop the pile beside her. What if she just read the one chapter about the Huntress, and then returned to her work? Tannis wouldn't notice, or care. She had no idea why Kiana had wanted to go to the library instead of coming here. As far as her sister knew, Kiana was simply reading for pleasure. And the twins? She dared a quick peek their way. They'd stopped sparring, their skin slick with sweat, but they weren't paying her any attention. Their backs were turned as Timothy whispered in Demetra's ear. As quickly as Kiana's protesting joints allowed, she switched out the economy of Somont for the book Lady Aitana had given her and opened it to the already memorised page for the Huntress chapter. The difference was instantaneous. Her eyes burned through each word, fingers gripping the book tight as she turned the pages. She'd known about the Huntress all her life, heard the whispers of the infamous massacre. But it was all just a story, wasn't it? The Huntress was a monster parents used to scare their children into being good, wasn't she? Not according to this book. In the weeks following the slaughter, there was so much else to occupy the Celestians that it is little wonder the truth of the event became lost between myth and reality. Why dwell on the hundreds of bodies found within that edifice? Why consider how they had been brutalised beyond recognition, when the Guardian was a frightening and very physical manifestation already before them? Few recall the two boys that survived the bloodshed, that they were the only ones to walk out when the doors were finally rammed open. It was them that first mentioned the Huntress and her silver mask, and both disappeared soon thereafter. It was easy to ignore them, to write the tragedy off as a mass suicide or an accident, than to fear the Huntress might ever strike again. Her mask became legend. We can only hope to never see it ourselves. Kiana shivered, tugging her blanket close around her shoulders. Horrifying, but it couldn't be real. So much had happened that night fifteen years ago, when the Guardian and her hounds came, that it was little wonder strange stories had survived. Lady Aitana hadn't chosen this book for Kiana because of the Huntress, but because of the chapter on the Windwalker. The chapter she should not read now because she really needed to get through the pile of books intended to prepare her for the gala. Biting her lip, Kiana looked up to find the twins had left. Simultaneously disappointed and relieved, the temptation to read just one more chapter increased. Tannis and Griffin were now sat cross-legged on the floor, Griffin talking in a low voice while Tannis stared at her hands. Kiana could tell her sister was concentrating hard, 
and hope flickered in her chest. If Tannis made progress with her magic, maybe it would inspire her. Maybe she'd begin to believe in the mission. Maybe Kiana could help her by learning more about the Windwalker. Though guilt gnawed at her insides, that fort was all Kiana needed to abandon Somont's economy entirely. Taking a moment to loosen and bend her joints before she seized, and biting her lip to muffle discomforted grunts, Kiana's chest fluttered with anticipation. Since she was a child, the witches had captured her imagination. The fact that whispering about them was all a person could do if they wanted to avoid the noose just made them more appealing. The Guardian was clearly a monster, so the witches had clearly been heroes. Without the witches, there'd be no bleeders, no starbloods, no tannis. Kiana had dreamed of magic, of stone pulled from the earth, of water whipped up into rainbow arches, of fire and ice working in tandem, of wind, of healing. Nothing about this chapter sounded like the magic she'd yearned for. With every word she read, the room grew colder. Something uncomfortable lodged in the pit of her stomach, and she longed for economics instead of this, but she couldn't stop. It was like the book was stuck to her hands, and her eyes were stuck to the truth its contents spilled. A gust of wind scattered her hair over the pages. Kiana's heart leapt to her throat, and she jerked back. Tannis and Griffin were no longer sitting cross-legged. They stood, close, Tannis gripping one of his large hands with both of hers. Her eyes were closed, and her expression was serene, her head tipped back and her lips slightly parted. Griffin watched her. No longer frowning, his eyes were wide and fixed on her face. A breeze swirled around the room, a breeze that made the gas lamps flicker. Tannis was causing that breeze. Griffin was helping her. And even Kiana, who had red blood and no magic to speak of, could feel the power building around them. Her pulse pounded. She couldn't look away. This power would have been a hundredfold when the Windwalker descended upon Allybrook. The book was snatched from Kiana's hands. She yelped. The moment passed. The breeze died. Griffin's frown reformed, and Tannis yanked her hands from his, glancing towards Kiana and quickly away again. What are you reading? It took Kiana a moment to gather herself. Her skin prickled with the touch of magic and her mind reeled from what she'd read. Timothy leaned over the back of the chair, frowning down at the book. Kiana, flustered enough to push past her shyness, twisted towards her. Did you know what the Windwalker did to Allybrook? Timothy's gaze flickered to the pile of books she and Nemitra had carted all the way here, most still untouched. No, she said shooting a look towards Tannis to make sure she wasn't paying attention, Kiana beckoned Timothy closer. She realised the twin was still clad in her training gear, that she could see the rise and fall of her chest far too clearly from her position, 
but even that wasn't enough to fully distract her now. In retaliation for some unknown crime, she whispered, breathless. She gathered the entire town in the main square and demanded they hand over every first child born that wasn't a starblood. And then she killed them. Kiana, agape herself, waited for a reaction. But that reaction never came. You are upset. Of course I am, she cried, then quickly lowered her voice. The witches are supposed to be good. They're supposed to save us when we save them. Timothy cocked her head to the side, and her smile said more than words could. She thought Kiana was being silly, but there was nothing silly about the dread trickling down her spine. She sat back, deflated, but Timothy perched on the arm of the chair, maintaining the closeness between them. When did this happen? she asked. Uh, a little over a hundred years ago. And we do not know the crime? Kiana shook her head. Then I do not see the problem. The world of error was a very different place one hundred years ago. And I do not doubt the witches often had to inflict severe justice. That is common in history, even beyond this land. But, and? Timothy cut her off. We do not know who the person is that wrote this. It could be propaganda. It could be fiction. There are so many explanations. Kiana pressed her lips together and stared at Timothy's hand resting between them. What she said was true, but Kiana couldn't shake the thought that Lady Aitana had chosen this book for a reason. Wasn't Allybrook her town? She'd insisted their mission was just, but she'd also been right that Kiana didn't really know anything about the witches, beyond what Tannis whispered to her as children when they'd stared up at the stars. Now, tell me, what progress have you made for Lord Ollinger? Brought back to the room with a jolt, Kiana's face warmed. In a small voice, she said, Some? Timothy cupped Kiana's chin. As with every other time they touched, a thrill passed through Kiana. She resisted the urge to check Tannis wasn't watching, then stared at Timothy's cheek to avoid meeting her eyes. Let us go to the library together. I can read with you. Time together, with this beautiful girl doing what she should be doing. And yet, she hesitated. If you say feeling one more time. Kiana was rarely grateful for her sister's ability to erupt out of nowhere, but she took advantage this time to move away from Timothy's touch. Whatever strange peace had existed between the two bleeders when they'd conjured a breeze was shattered. Tannis's hands were on her hips, and Griffin's arms were folded as they glared at one another. You need to be able to find it without me. Then you need to be a better damn teacher. You are impossible. This is impossible, and stars, I need a break. With that, Tannis threw up her hands and did what she did best. Stomped away from what was difficult, 
slamming the door after her. Kiana sighed along with Griffin. He must have heard, for he glanced her way. They'd not spoken since the flight from the pit, and she hadn't even seen him since Celestia. Yet she thought she saw a flicker of a smile when she shrugged his way. Kiana? Glancing over her shoulder, she found Timothy still perched on the chair, still smiling hopefully with bright eyes that gleamed in the gaslight. Kiana would enjoy spending hours with her in the library, stealing glances when she could, but not even a beautiful girl was enough to disrupt the fear that had wormed its way into Kiana's heart, and Tannis's abrupt exit gave her the perfect excuse to follow. Sorry, she said, looking away as she reached for her fine new cane. But I should see if she's okay. She caught Timothy's slow nod, noticed her notice Kiana pick up Aitana's book and Aitana's alone, and then she heaved herself out of the chair and hobbled after Tanis. Kiana hadn't actually expected to find Tanis in her room. Despite her knee begging her to sit, she froze, holding the door open as she half turned to leave again. Tanis hadn't looked her way. Maybe she hadn't noticed the door open. Her sister lay staring at the canopy of the grand bed, one leg crossed over the other, foot bouncing. She was still frowning, which also didn't inspire Kiana to move closer. For the first time in years, Kiana understood something about her sister. She'd spent countless hours wondering why Tanis rarely stopped by, why she'd leave money without saying hello. Kiana had blamed herself, blamed Tanis, blamed everything in between. Now, she had a secret, and she feared closing the space between them, climbing onto that bed, and having to keep it. Was that what Tanis had been doing all these years? Hiding the parts of herself she didn't want Kiana to see. Straightening, Kiana braced herself for the pain of the last few steps. She wouldn't repeat her sister's mistakes. She walked across the room and lay down beside her. The ragged sigh of relief escaped her before she knew it, and she felt Tanis shift. Where are you sleeping? Kiana asked, quickly. The cupboard next door. Better a cupboard than sharing a room with her sister. Kiana didn't have the energy to scoff. She needed it all to get through the agony of relieving the pressure on her knee. Is the pain bad? I'm fine. She wasn't, but that was normal. Better to be in pain but doing something than to be stuck in this room on her own with nothing but her thoughts and this body. You shouldn't be walking on it so much. As the lancing bolts settled into a steady burn, Kiana glanced at her sister. You're the one that asked me to come to the training room. Tanis cocked an eyebrow. And if I hadn't, you would have walked yourself to the library, right? Kiana had no response to that. With a snort, Tanis shook her head. What were you reading, anyway? She hesitated. Words bubbled to her lips, but she held them in, thinking hard. 
She could feel Tannis's eyes on her as she studied the fine lace of the bed covers. Tannis hadn't mentioned the job or Lady Aitana, which implied she knew of neither. Kiana didn't want to lie, but what would happen if she told the truth? Would Tannis drag them out of here immediately? She settled on something in between. I was reading about the Windwalker. Just like that, her heart pounded, thinking about what the witch, Tannis's mother, had reportedly done. And the entire town had let it happen. Had she been so strong, her magic so powerful, that they had no choice but to hand over their children? When Tannis didn't respond, Kiana dared to look at her. Her sister had returned her gaze to the canopy above, but her expression was smooth, much like it had been when she'd called that breeze. One hand played with the moonstone shard on her necklace. It glinted, silver black in the light. A gift from their father. Legacy of the witches. A chill passed over Kiana and she wished she was curled beneath the covers, ignorant that one of the beings they were to save was a killer of children. What if Tannis should drag them both away from here? No. Timothy was right. Kiana was overreacting, and besides... She closed her eyes, imagining a body that didn't throb with pain in every moment. That was what could be waiting for her. The witches are dead. You understand that, don't you? Despite her own sudden doubts, Kiana's heart sank. Of course Tannis would refuse to even consider the possibility. Of course she couldn't begin to hope. Kiana was right not to mention what Lord Ollinger had offered her. She needed to learn more, about the witches and about her role, so that when she was ready to save them from the Guardian's Tower, Tannis would have no choice but to see the rightness of it. They'd both see the rightness of it. It was the right thing to do. As she slipped back into the words she'd read, Tannis moved to stand. Kiana, startled, grabbed her arm. Remember, when we lived together in the pit? We shared a tiny bed. Sleep here tonight. Tannis tensed, staring at Kiana's hand. We were tiny too, and we didn't have a choice. Theoretically, Kiana understood a childhood in the bowels wasn't a good one. She understood those days were so distant, she'd forgotten the discomfort and the uncertainty of poverty. Few would have counted on them surviving when father died. And yet? It was nice, though, she whispered, having you there. You need to rest well, to heal. Tannis patted her hand, but she was already pulling away. Whatever she'd needed in coming to this room, she'd had enough, and Kiana's throat stuck on the things she wished she could say, as it so often did. In this moment, there was peace between them. Why risk shattering it? But then Tannis stopped at the door. Her face turned from the light of the fire. Do you ever think about Ellis? 
Kiana blinked. Sometimes. She thought of her mother then, trying to picture her. It was hard. They'd been so young when she died. Why? It's nothing. But it wasn't nothing. Tannis never spoke about mothers, not even to wonder who hers was. Not even when she was a child that dreamed. She was thinking of mothers now because she knew about the Windwalker, and a part of her was yearning. For the witches to be alive, for one of them to be hers. Kiana's gaze slid to the book she'd been reading, and her stomach flipped. She had to know if that story was true, for both their sakes. Tannis's rough voice cut through the room. No matter what I do, you know I love you. Right? Tears sprung to Kiana's eyes. So abrupt was the emotion that Tannis was gone before Kiana could compose herself. She wanted to race after her sister, but she'd never been able to race anywhere. Instead, she scooted across the bed to lay where Tannis had. The spot was still warm, and her sister's scent lingered. I love you too, she whispered. 